Hey mamas, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day, no matter what time it is. If it's morning, you've had a great morning. If it's nighttime, you've had a, a nice, pleasant day. One of my purposes or my greatest passion is to teach women, to teach mothers or anybody how to make life a little more pleasant. And when I say, you know, I hope you are having a good day, it's not just that usual, like, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine type of thing. I really want people to start embracing life. And I know it can oftentimes feel redundant in the things that we do every single day. When you have children, particularly, you wake up sometimes earlier than you want to. And it's a turn up right away, especially when you have young children like I do. The the wanting the food, you're trying to make lunch, prepare lunch, you're making breakfast, you're picking out their clothes, you're telling them to brush their teeth, they got to do their hair, they got to get the crust out of their eyes. It's the same thing every single day. And then maybe, you know, they go off to school, you have some time to do what it is that you need to do. Maybe it is you go to work or you take care of yourself or you're starting a business or whatever it is that you choose during the day. And then after school, it's like a turn up <laughs> again. You know, it, it's it's very, it can become routine. It feels redundant sometimes. You know, you, you make them their dinner or you order in food and then you have uh, you know, the routine of bedtime. Usually, you know, one or two of the kids are yelling. They don't want to go to bed. They don't want to go to bed. You go through that whole thing. You have the bath time. You have the reading. You have the brushing the teeth. Then you have the finally going to sleep. Then you have getting out of the bed again. Then you put them back down to sleep. It can become like the same thing over and over again. So I want to encourage moms out there to start experiencing life a little more deeper. We can get stuck in this same, oh, it's the same thing every single day, every single day. I'm always dealing with this. And that can create a really difficult life if every single day you truly feel like it's the same thing all the time. But if you start to look a little bit closer, you will see that it doesn't have to be the same. Yes, there's the same routine things because routine is really good for children. They're learning so many things every single day, so many new things. It can be overwhelming. So it's nice to have some type of structure. But there are different things that are happening and there are different conversations that can be had during these, you know, these same similar things that you have to do. So what I want you guys to do to make life just a little bit more pleasant is that I want you to attach different meanings to these experiences that you have. The quality of your life is dependent on the quality of communication that you have with yourself. You know, what are you communicating to yourself the meaning of an event? Now, I talked about, you know, you wake up in the morning, you cooking breakfast, you're preparing lunch, you're picking out clothes, you're you know, fighting them to try to get them to wear, you know, their clothes and they're throwing them around, throwing pull-ups around, diapers, you got poop on your hands, all of this stuff. Now you can sit back and say, I am losing my mind. I can't do this. This is the same stuff every single day. Or you can try to change the meaning of something. 
Like, let's see how creative my children are going to be on not wanting to get dressed. Let's see how creative they're going to be on saying what it is that they need to do. There's certain things that are out of your control. You know, as much as we like to say that we control our children, not control our children, but as much as we like to say our children listen to us and they do the things that we ask them to do, that is not the case. Your kids are really creative. They're creative on why they shouldn't be sleeping in their own bed by themselves and why you should be sleeping in there. And you find yourself negotiating with the four-year-old. Me, losing the negotiation. So I can either choose to, you know, place a meaning of that experience as, you know, like he's disobedient. He doesn't listen to me. He's driving me insane. Or, man, this is a really smart four-year-old. You know, be a little light with it. Which interpretation makes the experience a little easier, a little more fun? I want you to try to find loving meanings in everything, even things that seem really far-fetched, if you can find a loving meaning. Let me give you an, an example that I had a couple years ago. I remember when I was picking, I would pick up my son from school. This is before the pandemic. <coughs> he was about four at the time. And... I would, every time I would pick him up, he would just talk. It was like nonstop talking. He asked a thousand questions and then made a thousand statements. And at that time, I had a newborn, a two-year-old. I wasn't getting sleep. I was tired. And I really liked my quiet time when I could have it. So when I would pick him up and he wouldn't stop talk, he was driving me crazy. In my head, I'm like, yo, can he just shut up for a minute? And I would—I didn't say it out loud, but <laughs> I thought about it in my head. Like, can he just stop? I just need just a moment to stop talking so much. Then I saw the state that I was in. You know, I reflected on that and I, I didn't like that. So I asked myself, could this experience mean anything else? Then the next day when I picked him up, I realized something so profound. Every time that he asked a question or made an observation, every sentence finished with, right, mama? Right, mama? And I realized all he was trying to do was connect with me. He was trying to see all of the things that we had in common, which is so incredibly beautiful, you know, that he wanted to form this bond with his mother. He wanted, he wanted to, to be closer with me. And when that became the new meaning, I welcomed all the talking. I welcomed all the comments, all of the questions. And just by asking a different question, could this mean anything else? I turned an irritating moment, a moment that I was frustrated, I was annoyed, to a beautiful opportunity to connect with my son. Now, sometimes there's going to be experiences that you have that are with people that you don't love. In fact, that are complete strangers. Let's say you get cut off on the street. A lot of people, that happens. You know, we're driving every single day for you know, long periods of time. It's going to happen. Now, how do you tend to respond? Oh, that guy's a jerk. 
Okay, so now how do you feel? <laughs> you are sitting there in the car by yourself or with your kids, just feeling blah now. That guy is long gone. He's no longer cutting you off and it's just now you and your feelings. Or you could choose to attach a different meaning to that experience. Somebody cuts you off and you say, wow, he must have really been in a rush. I hope he gets to where he needs to go to on time. I hope he gets there safely. And then you continue on with your driving. Which meaning makes life just a little bit more pleasant? No, which meaning is just easier? Or let's say this is with somebody you love like your husband. And he says something, you know, that hits you the wrong way. You know, you interpret it like, oh, that was that was mean. You know, that came out of left field. Where did that come from? And sometimes you can't find a loving meaning. When people say certain things to you, it's no matter how many times you ask, could this mean anything else? You can't find it. Well, this is a beautiful opportunity to talk to him or her, your partner, husband, wife, whoever. It's a great opportunity to ask. You know, you love each other. It's important that you could even tell him this is what you're doing. You're trying to find loving meanings in every single experience that you have. And this one, you're having a difficult time finding one. You know, you're having a hard time, you know, finding that loving meaning. And you know he loves you. This will be an opportunity to open up. You know, maybe that wasn't for you. Maybe he had something going on earlier in that day and he was tired. He was frustrated and he put it out on you. Or maybe there is something that he actually wants to talk to you about and he just went about it probably the wrong way, which gives an opportunity for you to talk to each other, for you to openly connect in a more productive and effective manner. Or let's say you have a setback at work. You can look at it as a failure you, we all know when we feel like we fail something, all of the mean thoughts that arise out of that and how we feel afterwards, or you can just say it's a different outcome than expected, or you learned something new. You learned how something doesn't work, which means you are one step closer to your goal, which meaning will cause you to keep going, to keep striving is it I'm a failure or I keep failing or I'm one step closer to the goal? The whole point of attaching these different meanings is just to make life just easier and not so hard. And when you start doing this, you'll see that a lot of the suffering that you experience in your life is something that you caused. It's the communication that you choose to have with yourself. And it's not like something's wrong with you. It's just become a habit. And we're not taught these things. You know, these are things that we should be taught in second and third and fourth grade. You know, they should be taught along while you're learning how to read. You know, how does the mind operate? What do you need to do to create a more pleasant life? All right, I want to give another example of attaching a meeting. You know, sometimes there are people that you don't love and you have to spend a lot of time together. 
these are coworkers, or maybe it's a boss who's really difficult. Sometimes it's very hard to find a loving meeting because your boss is actually a jerk. But what kind of meaning is that? What kind of experience are you going to have by having that type of meeting? When you say somebody's a jerk, you're, I hate my job. Is that going to make your life at work more pleasant or more difficult? Because once you say you don't like somebody, it doesn't really matter what they do. You're not going to like it anyway. So we're going to have to find a loving meeting when it comes to your boss or that coworker. The issue is that sometimes people are not pleasant. Sometimes they actually are jerks. And you can't necessarily go to your boss and say, I'm trying to find a loving meaning. He or she may not actually have a loving meaning. He or she may be intentionally trying to cause conflict in your life. It is so incredibly important that you find a, a healthy environment. You, you find a way to create a pleasant environment at work because you spend just as much time with these people as you do with your family. And if you don't create a pleasant environment and you are there so much, your life is going to be awful. So what do you do in this case? You're trying to find a loving meaning. You can't go to that coworker. You can't go to that boss because they don't have one. So what do you do? I want you to remind yourself that the way that you are on the inside, the experience that you have within yourself, with yourself, is the environment that you are going to create around you. If somebody is miserable on the inside, they are going to create a miserable environment. Hurt people hurt people. The reason why I want you to remind yourself of this is that it gives an opportunity to open up compassion for this person. Now, compassion doesn't really have anything to do with that person. You know, like what you say to that person or all of that stuff. It's really about you. When you hold compassion in your heart, there is no space for hateful emotions. There is no space for mean thoughts about that person. Compassion and hate cannot share the same space. So when you have compassionate feelings towards that person, when they come to you with whatever it is, the difficulties that they do, they are not going to impact you any longer because you hold compassion inside of your heart now. This will make your work life so much more pleasant. At the end of the day, your life is yours And when you really think about it, all life is, is just an accumulation of experiences. Like, that's it. 
they may be some of the similar same experiences that I talked about with kids and stuff, but it's just a bunch of experiences. And if you choose, and it's a choice, if you choose to find a loving meaning with every single experience that you have, you have a really pleasant life, which is what's everybody's goal, right? You know, everybody just wants to experience joy and be pleasant. And it's so beautiful because it is in your control. You get to choose how experiences impact your well-being. That's dope. That is a really powerful tool that if you carry and you use it, you can experience joy no matter what happens. One other thing I want to add on how to create a pleasant life, you know, that's your choice by the choices that you make is uh, lousy questions give lousy answers. Your brain has no filter. It will answer whatever questions you ask. So if you ask a lousy question like, why am I fat? Your brain will tell you all the things that you do to make you fat. It's because you eat crappy. You don't work out. You are lazy. If you ask a lousy question like, why do I keep getting rejected? You are not good enough. No one wants to date you. You are not pretty. These are the types of questions that will get you into a deep emotional hole because those are the answers that you're going to get. I want you to start asking empowering questions, positive questions like, how can I have a healthy lifestyle? How can I find a partner that I am compatible with? These types of questions will require your mind to answer them in a more positive, effective manner. You have so much control over how you experience this life. At times, it can feel like we have no power but these are tools that you can use. And I promise you guys, you guys start using them. Your children are going to pick up on it. They're going to see how you're flowering, how you're becoming just a more pleasant person to be around. And talk to them about this. Tell them that lousy questions give lousy answers and give examples of this. So that they too will start asking certain questions. And a great opportunity to do that is it is if you is if is when they come to you and they ask a lousy question to you. And you can use that as an opportunity to teach them that, you know, when you ask this type of question, your mind's gonna give this type of answer. Every there's so many opportunities to be teaching moments for children that don't it, but the kids your kids don't have to feel like they're being preached to or taught. You just have to listen a little bit closer to the conversations that your kids have with you. I hope you guys take some of this advice. I use it on myself. I use it in my own life and it truly has saved my life. And not only has it saved it, but it's made my life so beautiful. 
and I hope it'll make it beautiful for you. Thank you.